Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Pastor Miles kicked it off talking about how they were waiting for the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week I talked about how when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on us, it gives us boldness. And today we're going to continue on looking at uh, some, some, some different things. The key verse for our series has been Acts 1.8. says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And you know, when I read that, I realize that the power of the Holy Spirit comes and He is the power. And so I, I, I come to realize, church, we don't need more programs. We don't need more lights. We don't need longer worship sets. We don't need more teachings. What we need is the Holy Spirit. More of the Holy Spirit for the power in our lives uh, so that we can be powerhouse Christians and a powerhouse church. And if you agree with me today, would you say amen? Amen, amen. amen. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. What, what a great presence of you, Holy Spirit, today as we worship you. I thank you that that continues as we delve into your word, Jesus. And we thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone said? Amen. Come on, everyone said? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're looking amazing this morning. Turn to the reject who you didn't say that to and say, you look great too. Uh, my family and I, we recently went to Wood End. I think I might have shared that in another message. But we went to the Wood End recently and uh, it was just a beautiful, beautiful time. We were there for three nights, four days and, and I just so, so enjoyed it. Uh, the fresh air, the open spaces, the slower life, you know, the country folk. The, you know, like you know, like every great country town has a bakery, right? There was an amazing bakery uh, and the, the animals. We went to an alpaca farm and uh, it, was, it was amazing. We had such a, a great time there. And it got me thinking that maybe I could be a farmer. Maybe I could be a man on acreage, right? Have some acreage and get, get, get a nice farmhouse and get a big tool shop and uh, with all my tools, come on any man here into tools today. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, I've got a lot of tools. I don't know how to use them, but you know, we put them in the shed, uh, grow a veggie patch, do all those kinds of things, a veggie garden, some pasture land. And I thought it'd be amazing. So since we've come back to Wood End, I've been on realestate.com. Looking at the end, I'm realizing, well, this is a bit more expensive than I thought it would be. Um, and I've been talking to my family, hey, you know, uh, it's not farmer wants a wife, it's just farmer wants a farm, and you know, something along those lines. And, and the family, oh, I'm feeling a bit of resistance. My oldest, Joelle, who's on the keys this morning, she's 16, and she just laughs whenever I talk about it. And she made this really cruel statement. She says, Dad, like in your other work, you're a software engineer, like your hands are more tender than mum's hands. I don't think the farm life is for you. Uh, my other son, Ethan, he says to me, he's 14, he says, Dad, if you get a farm, I'm never going to come and visit you. I'm never going to visit you. And uh, so not a lot of, lot of, lot of things going on. Gab's like, no, I'm not interested. She's like, I don't want to be a farmer's wife. I'm like, hey, you didn't want to be a pastor's wife either. And look where we are. So who knows? Um, but Roman, he's not here, but Roman, little Roro, he's got my back. He's got my back. He's like, yeah, dad. 
let's be farmers, we can be farmers together, and he, he wants some chickens, and the other day I was saying, I don't think we're going to have any, any animals on the farm, he's like, no dad, we're going to have some chickens at least, I'm like, okay, and he wants a, a veggie patch to look after his own, he's even said to me, dad, I'm going to build my house on the farm, so my family, we can live there next to you and mom, and then, you know, when the time comes, I'll take over the farm, I'm like, yeah man, high five, he's like fully into it. <laughs> He's loving it. In fact, he's so into it. I don't think I shared this with the church. If I have, you'll hear it again. He's so into it. The other day we went to an appointment and um, it was an appointment for Roman. And so the person was doing the things you do with little kids. And, he was, and she was like, you know, engaging him. And she's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And Roman's like, he didn't skip a, he didn't skip a beat. It's like, I want to be a farmer. Just like my dad is. And I was like, whoa, the delusion is real. And uh, the lady's like, oh, wow. And she turns to me and she says, are you a farmer? I was like, no, I'm not a farmer. <laughs> like, we're talking about it, but no, I'm not a farmer. I mean, look at me, come on. And uh, he's a little confused as to who his dad is. And, you know, we're in a series of the powerhouse. And, and you know, the powerhouse in our lives is the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we can be a little bit confused about the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes we're not really sure where he fits in the whole picture of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and then there's this person called the Holy Spirit. And it can be a little bit confusing who he is, why he came, his purpose, and what the Holy Spirit means for us as Christians and followers of Christ. See, see some people think the Holy Spirit is just type, some type of mystical force. It's like, use the force, Luke. You know, like something like that. They think that's what the Holy Spirit is. Others think the Holy Spirit... It's not, he's, he's not a person. He's just like this, this power. It's just this power, this, this reserve that God calls upon to, to then send out onto the earth. It's like this. He's not a person. He's not part of the Godhead. There's other people who think the Holy Spirit is the angel Gabriel. They think that he's actually, you know, an angel. He's not part of the Godhead. He's, he's an angel. But, you know, when we study the scriptures and look at the Bible, the, the Bible doesn't, doesn't agree with any of those definitions. The Bible doesn't say that that's who the Holy Spirit is. In fact, when you read the scriptures... You'll see what it says in Acts 5.3. It says this, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied to humans, but to God. There's this man in the, in, in the, in the book of Acts, and he sells a parcel of land, and he, he takes that money, and he brings it to the church, and he says, he, here's all the money from the sale of the land. And it turns out it's not all the money, and, and you know that's a whole other sermon we can talk about. But he, he, he lies, and the Scripture says you're not lying to humans, but you're lying to God, the Holy Spirit. Then in 2 Corinthians 3.17, says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Man, I love that there is freedom in Christ, right? Freedom. Is anyone free here this morning? Come on, anyone want, just ready to break out God's freedom upon your life? And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And so when we read the Scriptures, the Holy Spirit is God. He's God. And, and this is so important for us to understand. See, if the Holy Spirit is just some mystical force, if the Holy Spirit is just like an, an impersonal power, if the Holy Spirit is, is some angel, uh, Gabriel, or something along those lines, it means that the Holy Spirit is optional. It means it's something you can add to your life. It's like he's like a, a, a I don't know, a, 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 a supercharger that you can add to your car. Or he's like a, a ornament that you can put on your kitchen table. 
He's, he's an addition, but he's not additional. He's not optional. See, if he is God, he's not optional. He's essential. Right? He's essential. Like, we, do we, want, we want all of God in his fullness, the, the, the Trinity, God, three persons in one essence, God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so you can't choose. You can't say, well, I'll, I'll accept Jesus. Uh, I'll take God the Father, but the Holy Spirit, I'm not sure. No, the Holy Spirit is God. He has come. He is part of uh, the whole picture. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is essential for our lives. I feel like often when we pray, we pray to God. Often when we pray, we pray to Jesus. When was the last time we prayed to the Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, you're essential for my life. Uh, as we've mentioned in previous weeks in this series, Jesus ascends to heaven and he promises the disciples the Holy Spirit is going to come and he commands them to wait. And so today we're going to read that passage of scripture. It's in Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, say it with me, and suddenly, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And, and divided tongues of fire appeared on them and rested on each one of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The scripture says suddenly. Ever been driving down the road and like suddenly someone slams on the brakes or like a kid walks out like suddenly the Holy Spirit comes upon their place where they're gathering. You know, the Holy Spirit comes when He wants to come. His presence appears when He wants it to appear. You can't predict when that will be. You can't plan for it, but you can prepare for the Holy Spirit. You can prepare our lives. One thing in common with every revival in history has been a heart of waiting and surrender and deep hunger for more of God. And so we can have a preparation in our hearts that says, Holy Spirit, I may not know when you will come, but I want to be ready, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come upon my life, my family, my church, my city. I make myself available for you today. I'm waiting for you, Holy Spirit, to bring revival to my life. Verse 4, it says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. All filled with the Holy Spirit. See, they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. And then when the Holy Spirit does come, He indwells and He infills Him. And so when we receive Jesus, see, see we're in a special situation. Like when we receive Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit right there and then. He indwells us. He infills us. But the disciples... They didn't experience it like we experienced it. They walked with Jesus. They walked with the Son, of, the Son of Man, the Son of God, but they had to wait for the Holy Spirit. We've got a special dispensation, church. When we receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit immediately comes into us. But they're waiting for the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit indwells and infills their lives. What does it mean? What does indwell and infill mean? Indwell, indwell means to be permanently present permanently present. The Holy Spirit indwells us. He is permanently present. Hey, remember when you were younger, would you want your parents to always be present in your life? You wouldn't, right? Well, sorry, the Holy Spirit is always present in your life, but that's an amazing thing. What about this? Infill. It's a material that fills or is used to fill a space 
or whole. So the Holy Spirit indwells us. He is permanently present. Let that encourage us today, church. Let that really stir your faith today, church. No matter what you're going through or where you are at, the Holy Spirit is permanently present in your life. Come on, I feel some people need to grab a hold of that this morning. He is permanently in filling with your in your life. And He also fills us, fills a space in our lives. Now get this, the Holy Spirit is always there, but we have to prepare space for Him in our lives. He is always permanently with us, but we can choose how much He fills us, how much space we allow Him to infill our lives. And my question is, what's the prayer of our heart when it comes to the Holy Spirit to fill our lives? Holy Spirit, I make space for you. You know, have you, have you be, ever been to the petrol station and you're filling up your car with petrol, or diesel or gas, and then like it fills up and then you're just like, I'm just going to put a little bit more in and you and you've put a little bit more in there, right? Well, to put something in there, it's got to be empty first. The Holy Spirit, to infill your life, you have to empty some things out so He can come in. I feel like I'm preaching to myself this morning. You have to empty something out so that He can fill you up. Holy Spirit, more of you, but I want to keep all these things. No, it's we hand these things over to the feet of Jesus. We give our desires. We give our wants. We give our dreams. We give, we go, Holy Spirit, now fill this area of my life so that I can be more like Jesus Christ. You might say, well, why do we need the continued infilling of the Holy Spirit? See, it's something that we need continually. We need the continued infilling of the Holy Spirit because we need the continued power of the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day lives. I don't know about you. I don't know what your circumstance or I don't know how you've lived your life or how your life experience has been. But I've found this. No matter how much self-help books I read, no matter how much willpower I have, no matter how much blood, sweat and tears I, I invoke, no matter how much hard work I do, I find that I always am struggling and I'm always needing something more in my life. And I've discovered that more is the Holy Spirit. I need more of the Holy Spirit's power in my life. So this morning, I'm, I'm loving this preach this morning. This morning, let us share some areas where the infilling power of the Holy Spirit can help us in our day-to-day lives. Turn to the person next to them. Give them a high five. Say, you need the Holy Spirit's power. Number one, we need the infilling power of the Holy Spirit when we are weak. I mean, we don't like to admit it. Come on, any man here today weak? Uh, we don't like to admit it that we're weak, but there have been moments in my life, uh, many moments, actually tons of moments in my life where I have felt weak, where I have been overwhelmed, where I've been anxious, where I've been stressed, where I've just felt like th- life is out of control. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Today, yes, come on, we know it, right? We know what I'm talking about. And sometimes in those moments... I have been sometimes so overwhelmed, I have not known what to do, or what to pray. Or what, you know, what words can I say to, you know, God, I need, you know, what do I do? What do I say? Romans 8, 26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Hey, can I say, when you're weak and you don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit, he intercedes on our behalf. And it's as simple as saying, Holy Spirit, I need you. It can be as simple as that, Holy Spirit, I need you. You know what's going on. You know what I'm facing. You know the, 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 the miracle I need. You know the opportunities. I, you, need, you know the breakthrough I need. Holy Spirit, would you come? I need you. See, we may not know what to pray, but we can ask the Holy Spirit, and he can pray on our behalf. Like, God praying on behalf of me? Like, really? That's what the Scripture says. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that when I don't know what to pray myself, you intercede on my behalf. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight. Today we sang a song, All My Delight Is. I delight. All my delight is in weaknesses. All my delight is in insults and hardships, in persecutions. All my delight is in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. It was like, are we at the wrong TED talk this morning? The TEDx talk? This is not what I didn't. Come on. When we are weak, then we are strong. I've often found, in fact, this has been the majority of my life's discoveries in my walk with Jesus Christ, that the, the moments in my life where there have been the most pressure and trial, the moments in my life where I've felt the most struggles and insults, the moments in my life where i felt most overwhelmed and stressed, guess what, have been the most powerful God moments in my life. The most powerful moments when I have been weak, Christ has been strong. And maybe today you're in a place, maybe you find yourself in a situation of weakness, or maybe you find yourself in a place where you are overwhelmed. I don't know where you are, I don't know everything that's going on in your life. If you find yourself today there, and you're trying to stir something with the inside yourself, you're trying to go to your own gifts or abilities, or you're trying to, you know, just press on through, can I encourage you? Would you, would you say, Holy Spirit, I need you? Would you say, Holy Spirit, I need you? Because when I am weak, then you are strong, Holy Spirit. Would you do that today? Maybe today in your life there's, there's areas of sin that you're struggling with. And, you know, when I say maybe, like all of us are struggling with something of the issue of sin, then there's an issue and you just want, for whatever reason, you haven't had victory of it this morning, would you say, Holy Spirit, this weakness in my life, I pray, would you be strong for me to help me to have victory in my life because you are the one who brings the power to infill my life for victory. Number one, we need the infilling power of the Holy Spirit. When we are weak, number two, we need the infilling power of the Holy Spirit in a hopeless world. A hopeless world. I'm not sure if you've realized this, but we're in a pretty hopeless situation in the world at the moment. You just need to turn on the news or read a newspaper or, or talk to someone in the office around, you know, the, 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 the water cooler or whatever it is, and you'll discover that war, inflation, energy crisis... Uh, um, you know, climate change, rising interest rates, housing affordability, cultural wars, corruption, all these things are going on. We are in a hopeless state at the moment as a world. But thank 
the Holy Spirit, he brings us hope where there is no hope. Come on, in a hopeless world, there is hope that we can find in the Holy Spirit. The keys would want to come. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the hope overflow you by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, if you put your hope in yourself, sooner or later you're going to let yourself down. If you put your hope in your families and friends and work colleagues, sooner or later they're going to let you down. If you put your hope in your pastors, sooner or later Gabby's going to let you down. (laughs) No, we're going to let you down. If you put your hope in anything, looks, intellect, circumstances, bank account, career, whatever it's going to be, sooner or later, it's going to let you down. Why? Because none of these things bring a hope that lasts. But hope placed in a limitless God. We believe God is limitless. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. Results in an overflowing hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And overflowing hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, today, if you find yourself in a place where you feel all is lost, where you feel it is, it, it is, it is hopelessness, if you're in a place today where you feel like that, I want to encourage you today. In fact, I want you right now. We're going we're gonna to take a moment right now. I want everyone to close their eyes. And I want you, if you are that person today, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Holy Spirit, let my life Overflow with hope by your power. Jesus, this morning, if there's any person in hopelessness today, Holy Spirit, come into their life. Let you be their hope, Jesus, that you would overflow in power in their life. We need the infilling power of the Holy Spirit in a hopeless world. And then thirdly and finally, we need the infilling power of the Holy Spirit to do greater things. Say it with me, to do greater things. John 14, 12, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. You know, whenever I read that passage of Scripture, I'm always amazed and I'm, you know, confused at times, but then then I remember. But, you know, I'm always amazed when I read that statement. He says that you will do greater things. You will do greater things. I'm not sure if you've read your Bible recently, but, you know, there's a lot of things Jesus did. I mean, he turned water to wine. He, he, walked, on the, he, he walked on water. He fed 5,000 people with two loaves of bread and five fish. I mean, I feel like, you know, there's, Gab makes five, feed for 5,000 people every day at our house, but by 5,000, uh, anyway, amount of food. He raised the dead. He cast out demons. Let me say this other one again. He raised the dead. Like someone was dead, no breath, raised them alive. Like Jesus did these things. And then he says, these works that I've been doing, you're going to do greater things. You're going to do bigger things. Jesus performed miracles so that people would believe he was who he said he was. And so why do we need to know who Jesus is? Well, we need to know who Jesus is so that, we need, so that we realize that we need a Savior. See, Jesus makes us realize the need for a Savior. And we need a Savior. And the one and only one who can save us is Jesus. And so when he talks about 
miracles, what could possibly be greater than the signs and wonders that Jesus did when He was on the, here on this earth? Like, what could be a greater miracle than that? And I want to suggest today, I want to put this forward today, that the greater miracle is the miracle of eternal salvation. See, the miracles that perform, that, 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 and don't get me wrong, Jesus is the OG, all right? Like, Jesus' miracles are amazing. But the miracles that Jesus performed were for a physical healing. The, 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 the salvation is an eternal miracle. It's an eternal miracle. And see, 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 Jesus, when he's talking about we're going to do greater miracles, the greater miracles is that we're going to bring salvation to those who know Jesus. We're going to bring salvation. We're going to bring Jesus to people. And here's the thing. We can't do that by ourselves. We can't bring Jesus to people by ourselves. We need someone to help us to tell people about Jesus and their need for, for salvation. And that someone is not, you know, the pastor. That someone is not your friend who knows the Bible back to front. That someone is not, you know, the, the person who is always praying. They do all those things. They're all amazing. The someone we need with us when we tell someone about Jesus, guess who it is? It's the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. John 16, 8. When He comes, He will prove the world to be in the wrong place about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you will see me no longer and about judgment because the price of this world now stands, the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much to say to you more than you can bear. But when He... When He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of His own. He will speak only what He hears and He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that He will receive what He will make known to you. The Spirit of truth. The gospel message is the deliverance of a message of truth. You are lost you are dead in your sins. You are going to spend an eternity in hell. But here's the good news. There's a man, his name's Jesus. He came to die for you. And if you will receive him, the Holy Spirit is going to indwell and infill your life. And the Holy Spirit points people to salvation. And He speaks through us. And He glorifies Christ. He says, hey, let me speak through you. Let me empower you. I, I want to empower you for your life, but I also want to empower, I want to infill you also for the lives of the people around you who do not yet know Jesus Christ, who do not yet know eternal salvation. Today, as we finish up, I want to invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to infill you with His power this week. Every day, I want to invite you every day this week when you wake up to say, Holy Spirit, infill me today. Holy Spirit, I need your power. Holy Spirit, today there's going to be weakness upon my life. I need your power. Holy Spirit, the world around me looks like a hopeless situation. I need your hope. Holy Spirit, I need you in my life so that I can do the greater things that Jesus has said that I'm going to do. Holy Spirit, fill my life. Give Him space in your life. Let Him fill every part of your being. Invite Him into every space of your life. See, the Holy Spirit is not optional. He's essential. 
when the Holy Spirit comes upon your life and, and, and He leads you and He directs you and He guides you, you'll experience His power upon your life. Let's pray this morning. Holy Spirit, today we thank You for Your presence. We're not seeking a feeling. We are seeking.